thing that always happens where now I write the tweet super fast. Welcome in to DMVR Buffs Live, presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm. Got Superstar Dev with me, as uh, we did last week. We've got a lot to talk about today. There was a, it was a tough day, but at the end of the day, you know, if somebody had said the Buffs are going to lose by three to Texas A&M, and, and that's going to be after a game-winning drive from the Aggies, you take that, right, Dev? Yeah, this is a sad day, but it's an optimistic day. Uh, a team that, you know... They beat UNC, but they kind of struggled with UNC. Um, so for them to look like a completely different team against the number five team in, in, in all of the nation, like that's, that's promising. Mm -hmm. It is promising. It is promising. And we've talked about this a little bit. I think, that, I think that coming away from this game, you have to feel a lot better about CU. First, right? There's no way that you, you look at this and you think of the downs. Like this is a, this is a positive game Like as a organization as a team as as a year um just looking forward there's there's a lot to look forward to and the future is bright for this team and that is despite a loss that everyone feels like they should have won exactly exactly and you know it's a, it's a fun stretch coming up here you've got minnesota coming into boulder next week on the road playing arizona state the week after that and then you've got the usc trojans coming to boulder am i crazy for thinking I, i'm going to be putting money on the buffs in all three of those games not not especially like considering the game was just an hour ago or something like that like the number five team in the country and you you have them you have them on the ropes you 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 just have to close them out you you lead for the entirety of the entire like the game and then you give it away just at the very end um and that's just like that's just a young team just trying to find their way but just the progression it is just something to be positive about for sure. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, we've got some fun stuff planned for today. Um, ooh, wait, let's start with this. Do you think the injuries haunted Colorado in the final minutes, or is it just my imagination? I mean, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help, right? Like, who knows? I'm not sure if Terrence Lang was back in at that point. I don't think he was. Um, we were down on the field, so it was tough to get an angle on a couple of those last plays. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you don't have Terrence Lang, that's, that's a difference maker. He's what? You're... He might only be like your fifth best defender at this point, which is kind of crazy. But going through some of these guys, it definitely doesn't help to have those injuries. To have Jarek in and out, it sucks. Any more thoughts? Yeah, I mean, with with the injuries, um, injuries suck. Like it doesn't matter how you look at it, and especially on starters and just like bolstering that team. But there's so many other things that uh, like stop them from winning the game. So injuries mm -hmm. are, I mean, they're key, but that, that's not the biggest thing in the game. There were, there was other things. For sure. Um, we, like I said, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned for today. Um, we're going we're gonna to start by playing the pain game, which is uh, it's not fun, as you would probably <laughs> guess. But, you know, I think both of us have kind of moved on from a lot of the, the, the pain of the loss to, to Texas A&M because it's been a couple hours. Uh, but it hurts. It stings. And, and we're just going to start. Uh, so, so here's how this is going to work. Um, we're each going to rank the moments that I chose from this game on a 1 to 10 scale, with 10 being the most painful, 1 being the least painful. So, like, uh, you stub your toe, it's like a 5. It's like a 5. Get, yeah. like, get like a tooth pulled, that's like a 9. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I think it would have to probably be backwards because, like, with the tooth pulling... You're you're under some type of medicine. Okay, I mean, I mean, if you're under medicine, then it's like a two. Okay. Yeah, but that stubbing that toe, that is that is brutal. You that must have brutal. a good dentist. You must go to Green Mountain Dental, putting you under when they pull your teeth out. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Let's let's jump in. What's our first one here, Yair? 
The missed field goal. And, and I think in hindsight, this one might even sting a little bit more because you know it was a three-point loss. Yeah. They put uh, they put him out there for what was that? A 53-yarder? Maybe maybe a little closer than that, but not much. One to ten. How much is that? Did that hurt in the moment? Like 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 you said, uh, looking in hindsight, of course, it's going to be difficult to say that that doesn't alter the game whatsoever. But I'm going to put it at about a seven, seven and a half. I mean, the momentum in the game, you go in, um, you put pressure on that defense. So that could have changed a, a lot of things. But I, I just feel like knowing what I know, there were other things that led to being closer to a 10 or a 9 mm -hmm. that the missed field goal sucks but there were worst parts of the game exactly and because those worst parts were so much worse i'm actually going to uh i'm gonna, I'm gonna go even lower i'm gonna call it a three because mm. at that point in the game i thought there were going to be plenty more opportunities to score you know they were running the ball well brendan was running the ball well yeah. um and that kind of opened things up in the passing game a little bit go with three i can respect i can respect the seven though what's up next Jair? The final fourth down, mm. the one where the Buffs couldn't pick it up. The pass to Dimitri Stanley makes a little move, makes a guy miss. It isn't enough. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say that that's. I mean, it at the. It's the. It's the most important part of the game. For you sure. pick that up. You it's could uh, get it. But also, there were so many other things in the game that that led to that. They also gave themselves a chance. Uh, he makes one more move, or he breaks mm -hmm. one more tackle. They're still in the game, but you don't know what comes after that. They still have to drive the entire game. Or the, the entire drive, they also have to get into field goal range or try to go for a touchdown. Um, I'm going to go with a, a six just because it could have done a, a little bit. Maybe they try to get to the, the line marker so he doesn't have to make all those type of moves. But he gave them a chance. Yep. I'm, I'm giving it a seven. Because, again, like, at that point, I didn't think the Buffs were winning that game. I, I think that I hadn't necessarily, like, accepted the defeat. But it, I was not feeling how I was before the drive or even after the first down um it was the final nail in the coffin but there were there were moments that were just brutal up next the daniel arias drop uh he started off the day so well he had a couple of those passes underneath one on the crossing route where he picks up a first down on the run it seemed like he'd turn a corner and then uh big drop he uh he had the ball in his hands i think that this is uh is bigger than you know like just looking back and it just because last week he had those same issues. Mm -hmm. Also, it looked like it was going to be a Daniel Arias type of game. He goes back to back catches. It looks like him and Brendan Lewis have a connection. Yep. And that's also I feel like when the the game kind of flipped because they were running the ball extremely well. Um, Lewis was extending the plays with his uh, with his feet. He gets those two connections. It seemed like they started to throw the ball a little bit more. And also there was like. Some kind of just trying to like figure out what's going on throughout the game. So I'm going to put this as like a seven and a half, an eight. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go a seven here too. Um, it's kind of weird having this like so much higher than the missed field goal because that's literal points off the board. And they still, I think, had a third down where they could have picked this up. But when you see something like that happen, you know, we talked about all week on different podcasts, but... If you make three, four mistakes in this game, you're probably not gonna you're not gonna win this game, and, and that was obviously one of them. There's there's the missed interception that went through Nate's hands. Oh, yeah. It really would have been tough to bring it in. That was a fastball above his head, but that's another one where you look at it, it's like you get these opportunities, you can't can't let them go to waste. This was one of those to me. I'm going seven. And just to put the final touch like on this, the offense was like nowhere to be found today. So yep. for you to get a a, a big game. And also gather the momentum back in mm -hmm. to get something going on offense, especially with how great the defense played today. That's a, a huge like turning point in the game mm -hmm. where it could have like really just flipped the switch and and took all momentum out of it for for Texas. And the and next him. play too was the one where Brendan Lewis had the little swing pass to Jarek Broussard, who didn't see the defender coming, and safety just flying downhill into his knees. Jarek missed a couple possessions after that. And mm -hmm. and you know, you catch that, it doesn't happen. We're moving along, though. The AM touchdown. It's, I will say, it's nice to be able to say the AM touchdown yeah. and not like touchdown number two. Or like touchdown, <laughs> there was just the one. Um, we were down the field for that one, too. How's, how's that fit in? That was the game. Yep. Like that, that has to be like a nine or a 10 just because it seemed like Texas AM fans, because this was like a Texas AM type of game, mm -hmm. uh, they, like, they really did pack the house. 
And that was the loudest that it got for the entire day. And it felt like you knew that they were going to win when it came, yep. especially with the momentum going CU's way the entire time. Um, they had the lead for the entirety of the game until this exact moment. And leading into this, like, it was the third down, a crucial third down where they could have came up with a stop and pretty much secured, like, the win or at least made it hard where Texas A&M has to use their timeouts or they just don't – they're not going to be able to score the football. They go and get it on the third down, takes all of the momentum Ugh. out, puts pressure on the offense. The defense who played so well is now, like, down on themselves. Like, you know, we, we, we let one go there. But, no, yep. that, like, this is still a huge defensive game for – for CU and for them to give up that touchdown made it really hard. I'm gonna put this at like a nine, nine and a half. Yeah, I, I think you're right, right there. Uh, I'll just go nine. Um, because there was, I still did have a little bit of hope. I, I did still think, you know, you've got 214 or whatever it is on the clock, you just need a field goal. Sure, we haven't seen all that much, but at the same time, Colorado was going five wide occasionally early in the game, and I think having a little bit of variation in what that offense looked like was valuable. Whereas maybe they got just a little bit boring later on. And I did think that, you know, you open it up. You say, we need to keep the ball moving. So we're going for it on fourth downs. We've got a kicker where, you know, who knows what we're going to get from him. But if we get to the 35-yard line, we at least have a shot. I thought in that scenario, you still have got a chance. And, and that's why I hadn't quite given up hope. But to see that happen, to look up in the student section, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's a nine. Next up. The fourth and one QB sneak. The second of two QB sneaks. I thought he picked it up on the first one. Um, I, th I thought he picked it up on the second one too. But uh, where, where does that one fit in? I'll give it an eight. Um, I just think that this is where um, the fans lost uh, confidence in, in the team. Just because things looked like they were going so well. Um, you also make the decision not to go for the field goal and to go for two quarterback sneaks <laughs> yep. at the five-yard line. Um, a decision that Darrell said that he would make again. He, he was said, adamant. I would make that decision again. This is like who we are. This is who we're going to be. And you're yep. going to see it again. Like that That was like a huge takeaway from um, from the post-game uh, conference. But also, I mean, it, it's easy to say looking in hindsight like they should have made a, a different look or they should have sure. went a different way, especially with how good Brandon Lewis was playing today, mm -hmm. um, at least with like running the ball and getting to his spots. Um, you you you'd expect him to pick up you know one more um, yard, um, for, but for it to be a double quarterback sneak and for him not to pick it up, that did change that like the outcome of the game. Actually, I'm going to change. It's going to be a nine. I think yep. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah, because again, it's one of those where you know that against Texas A&M, you only have a couple of opportunities mm -hmm. to go down that deep and not get points. It sucks, and and I agree with Carl. And also, I have never seen him like that before. You know, I've spent plenty of time with Carl at this point, and. He was on one in that press conference. He was fired up, and it wasn't it wasn't an angry energy. Yeah. He really was happy with the effort. And, and I mean, he wasn't in there smiling or anything and because you, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I think the, the quote that I tweeted was, what, uh, damn right I'm optimistic. I like, that, that was I, the vibe. I like the energy that he gave in that, in that presser because mm -hmm. it was kind of like a confident, like, I told you guys, like, yeah. even though they lost the game, it was like, I told you guys we're going to be pretty good. Nobody else believed in us. And look at us now. Like, that was yep. the type of uh, energy I felt that he was giving off, the type of message that he wanted to give out. He called out people, you know, in, in, that was in the presser. Um, he's just saying, like, this is who we are. This is who we're going to be. Even though we lose a very tough game, this is a team that you still should believe in. And this is a team that for sure that's going to win games this year. Just, just rock with us. Believe in us. Yeah, and you feel for Carl because cause this could have been huge for him. Oh, yeah. Taking down a team like that. And, and the good news for him is that the expectation at this point isn't to win these games. And it'll get there at some point in a couple years if things go well. Um, and if they don't go well, then he doesn't get that opportunity. <laughs> but this would have been ahead of schedule. You know, the goal this year is win six games, get to a bowl game, and that's a good season for the Colorado Buffaloes. It sucks, though, that they couldn't <laughs> just get this one because that would have been huge. It would have been huge. Uh, to, to answer the question, though, the fourth and one, I'll give it a, I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. Um, next up, three and out after the fumble. Ooh, that was a killer. That is such a, such a big break for Colorado. And, you know, I thought that they were going to be pulling some turnovers. 
I, I thought that with those quarterbacks, and I guess Haynes King went out early, um, but even more so, I guess, with Calzada in there, I thought there would be turnovers. And there were some tip balls. They just didn't go toward any buffs, just some bad breaks on those. That was the one big break. And to have the three and out afterward, I mean, that's disheartening. This is the 10 for me. This, this is the moment for me uh -huh. because all momentum was on Texas A&M side. Yep. Everything. Just after you have such a, like a great um, first half, you, you have a lead. And then for them to like just rally and get, like get themselves going and mm -hmm. find some confidence. And then for it to just get broken right at the end zone. Actually, they called it a touchdown um, where he breaks loose, falls into the end zone. Then they review it, and, and it's a fumble that actually there was a flag on the play. So you don't start at the 20. He fumbles into the end zone. You don't start at the 20. You start at the 35 because it's a 15-yard uh, fumble. Yep. So you have great momentum. You have great energy. You have the defense's belief that this is, like, our game. And then for you to do a three and out, like, not even to give them a chance where they're, they're right back on the field after just, like, exerting so much energy. Um, this was the moment in the game where it changed for me where I was just like, I don't know if they have a chance anymore, even though they're down. You know, see, you still have to lead at this moment. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, ah, oh, that's the one that you have to get. Because if yep. you get any points on the board, it changes the entire game plan. It changes everything that they have to do. Absolutely. And I, I'm not sure, like, if they'd gone, like, four drives without a first down or something like that. But it, but it definitely felt like that was the situation. And, and on top of having the fumble factored in, you were sitting there thinking, like, so did A&M just kind of figure out Colorado's offense? Are, are they just kind of kind of done in this game? And to have that happen and see that they basically had been figured out, that was disheartening to have it come in that situation. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a nine right there. A&M's third and long on the final drive. You, you brought that one up a little bit earlier. But, but a couple plays before the touchdown to extend it, it was like third and 13, something like that. That was almost a ball game. That, that's also a 10. It led to the touchdown. <laughs> yeah. this, this is the yeah. game. This is literally the game yep. because if you come up with a stop there, you're in a situation where they have to call their timeouts, where they have to um, mm -hmm. give the ball back to you. And, you know, your defense already believes in themselves because this is another stop that they had. Yep. In a game full of nothing but defense and nothing but stops, they came up with an, a yet another um, play. And then mo moving forward, it's not even just right now. Your defense says we can stop anybody in the country. That's like what their mentality yep. is if they come up with this stop right here. So this is, this is the 10 also. These are the two 10 plays because they led yep. two touchdowns, and there wasn't many touchdowns in the game. This was the touchdown in the entire game. And you, you, you have two big, big stops. And then you give this up on a third down on like a soft throw where it's just an open coverage and he just walks into the end zone. That's, that's tough. That's tough for, for a defense that is, was out there way too long. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this is a 10 too. That, that one was just heartbreaking. Um, yeah, just just rough. So I guess that'll kind of wrap up the, uh, the, the pity party. It was good to, good to get some of that out. Uh, before we move along, though, I want to give a shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're the best. They're the best. I didn't have any Breckenridge beers today because, I guess, technically a work day. Yeah. Once this is over, though, I'm going to hang out here at the DMVR bar. I'm going to get myself a Breckenridge beer. I'm going to write at least one story, try to get a couple out tonight, get another one out tomorrow. Uh, if you subscribe to DMVR, you get to read all those. They're going to be good, I think. Um, I'm also going to be a really tired and a little bit drunk, and I ate a lot of sugary <laughs> food today, but they're going to turn out just fine. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery, though, they, they make so much of what we do possible. Didn't have the tailgate today. We'll have them the rest of the home games. They give us the beers for that. Uh, so, so definitely support them because they do so, so, so much for us. Uh also, want to remind you guys that the first Sunday of NFL season is here. It's tomorrow. And the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bank partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend. Receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. 
That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code DMVR to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sportsman partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. We are moving along here, and we're getting uh, a little bit more excited. Okay, here's a question. How did the DMVR bus go? Oh, you were on it. I got, I got a chance to ride on the bus. It was a good time. It was a good time. Um, we had, I think we were over 40, I think, people on the bus. So obviously singing the fight song, allowed to bring booze onto the bus. Always a good combination. Yeah. It's a fun combination. Just being at the bar uh, before the bus, uh, great energy in the bar. Some uh, there's dancing going on. They're, they're walking around the bar with, you know, there was... I, well, let's, let's just dig into this because it was a really <laughs> strange thing that happened. So first of all, tune into the tailgate tomorrow morning because Brendan vote did uh, the the fan vote. Oh, yeah, yeah. That threw me off. I thought it was the vote something. The fan vote, which is where he asks people questions and then they answer. And a lot of the time they're wrong. In particular, <laughs> there, there was a group of, uh, I would have to guess, CU students. Yeah. All girls. Uh, we're drinking martinis. Vote had a great time asking them questions, and I think they got some questions very, very wrong. But at one point, there was, like, another lady who seemed really cool, but definitely, like, a lot older, and she got, like, a whole conga line going through the bar. She was the life of the party. She was the she is the best. She is the best. Uh, she'll be on the that. fan vote tomorrow, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just that, but the bar during the game was popping. Everybody was screaming. They were singing the oh. fight song. People were cheering. They okay. were clapping. Best time ever. Do you have a mic out here? I can't see. I do, but I don't okay. know if it's loud enough. Okay. <laughs> nice. So hopefully you can hear your ear. Basically, he said that it was a great time. But yeah, so that was the those are the vibes before the bus. Then we got on the bus, the speaker on the bus, uh, a cool driver on the bus. I was mostly hanging out with her. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time. I would encourage everybody to do like have that experience. Um, yep. That's just something that you have to do. You come to the best bar in all of Colorado um, with like-minded like fans that are, are, are diehards just like you are. Um, if you're still up and you're watching like a DMVR um, buff show. Mm -hmm. um, but to just be in there and to experience that, then to be responsible. You're drinking responsibly. And then also they give you a ride there and back, which is wild. Yep. So if you go and you, you have a good time on, on, the, on the bus going there, you win the game, you come back on the bus, and then you're at the bar where you get to drink more and, and have more fun. So Exactly. It's, it's a perfect that's a setup. That's a winner. It's a perfect setup. Uh, Yair, before we get into, we, we've got the helmet stickers, we've got that stuff. Yeah, can we go through, if there's any other questions too, but this one from Francois Simmons. Do you guys think they went away from dedicated Lewis runs after the big hit he took? Here's what I'll say. I think so. I think yes. And after the game, uh, Carl Durrell was asked about this. And he said, you know, basically what happened was AM committed to, on these read options, stopping the quarterback. They wanted him to hand the ball off. And so the, the look they showed was that. I do think he would have run more and they would have called more plays specifically for him to run, though, if not for that hit. Because, I mean, we all know the scenario. Uh, James Mott, I think is his name. Uh <laughs> He's a new player. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that down soon. The uh, the, the transfer from Division Three University of Ch Chicago. Uh, he dressed out today. And at worst, he was their third-string quarterback. There's no depth there. You can't put Brendan Lewis at risk. It sucks. Um, but I do think that that factored in. Although I don't think it was like a huge factor. I think it was a small piece. I think it's a huge piece just thinking huh. about it. You don't... You don't like just only want to win the battle. You want to win the war. You have to look mm -hmm. forward to the next game and the game yep. after that. If you go and put your guy in the spot where he's getting hurt or he's dinged up or he's, you know, out for, you know, for the foreseeable future, how many wins are you going to get? Also, the that was a very good defense that understood that the only thing that CU had going offensively today was their quarterback breaking Yep. And extending these plays for long runs. So now we're going to buy in to try to slow that down. Now we're going to do everything we can to make him either throw or to make someone else beat us. 
If you have one guy that's going crazy, you, you, lim you eliminate that, then you're just like, we're going to take our chances elsewhere. Um, that, that was a big hit. But also, I think that on both sides, it was a strategic situation. For sure. And, you know, you talked about winning the war. I don't think we've brought this up here, but, you know, everybody wanted Colorado to win this game. And if they had won this game, it would have been an all-time upset uh, for CU. It would have been, like, a, an incredible day that none of us would ever forget. And at the same time, it doesn't really count for anything. Yeah. You know, unless you're competing for a college football playoff spot, yeah, it would have gotten you in the rankings. It would have it would have gotten you in the rankings. And that's nice. But what you need to do is win your conference games. And we come away from this saying, this is a team that can win those conference games. Yeah, you put them in a, in a good spot. Like, that's a, that's a win that everybody wants. It's, it's good for Darrell. It's good for the defense. It sets um, up a, a young group. Um but also, even with it being a loss, you still go into league player. You still go into these other games and you say, we were right there. Now we just have to turn that corner. Now we have mm -hmm. to find out how to close out games. Because if you play the exact same way you did against anyone else this year that is on their schedule, you win those games. Yep. So that is a positive like game. Like There's no such thing as you know like moral victories, but that, that is as, as close as you're going to get to one. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, Montana just threw a pick six, by the way. So I'm uh, still 14-7. They'll be just fine. Two half minutes left in the half. I'm not sure if you guys talked about it, but what happened to Vontae from Living Regal? Nobody knows. Yeah. He just he, he wasn't there. He wasn't. Uh, I, I never saw him on the sideline. Doesn't seem, sound like anybody else in the press box saw him on the sideline. I'm, I'm sure we'll hear about that in the next couple of days. I believe we next talked to Carl on Tuesday. So that'll absolutely be a question. We'll figure it out then. Um, but, you know, with uh, his history, he's gotten in trouble before. It's, uh, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. We'll figure it out soon, I'm sure. Anything else in there, Yair? All right. Uh, next up, I mean, first of all, let's just say the DraftKings king of the game. There were a bunch of options on that defense. I went with Christian Gonzalez. And the reason was he was a lockdown cornerback today. I guess he did give up, I think, two catches. But the way that he just covered up these receivers, made plays on third downs, uh, and on top of that, two tackles for loss as a cornerback, he has arrived. Yeah. that this You have to go with that just because Nate Lamon, you already know what you're getting from him. Exactly. He, That's the tough part. You know what you're getting. Like He, he could be it. Like It would be easy to give it to him. Yep. But for a player that like was picked on early... Um, you know, in his career to not be picked on anymore. And you already know there has to be the game plan going into it. Stay away from Nate Landman or he's going to make his plays. Mm -hmm. But we're going to try to find, like, pick pick our poison. We're going to try to get someone else going. And sure. if I look at that defense, I'm going to say, like, Gonzalez is a person that I'm going to go after. And for him to have um, breakups, or, or sorry, for him to just be involved in all of these plays, um, to, to be covering guys, like, the way that he did, and to also like step up and make tackles as well, like that's a big game for him. And also, that's something that you look for going forward. Like, you're not going to be able to pick mm -hmm. on him anymore. Where else do we go? What else do we do? And you don't go with Mikai Blackman on the other side. Yeah, you just can't. And that's what's so exciting. We know what this run defense is. I mean, Isaiah Spiller had eight carries for 20 yards this season, this week. You let's. I almost want to just run through every game of his career, just because. There, there's only been once where he had a game anything like this. Let's just say this was the worst game of his career. The fourth worst. 11 carries for 50 yards last year in a, in a blowout Orange Bowl win against Northern Colorado with two touchdowns. Uh, next, or no, that would have been the third worst. Fourth worst, Arkansas, 21 for 82 with a touchdown. 3.9 yards per carry. Bama last year beat uh beat a and m 11 ta or 11 carries 25 yards and what did i just say eight carries for 20 yards against cu that is an unbelievable performance against one of the best running backs in the entire country that run defense is for real these cornerbacks are for real robert barnes played really well i thought when he was lined up on the the tight end weidemeyer four catches 66 yards yeah that's that's a lot for a tight end, but 
it's the best tight end in the country, and that's just what he does. Yeah, you know, you, it's you, a good defense. You just put a lot of pressure on the opposing team every single week where they have to make the, de the decision. Do we mm -hmm. try to go after the DBs? We already know we're not going to be able to run the ball uh, like the same way that we do every single time. They're going to do everything they can to stop the run or to bottle it up. So let's try to attack, uh, attack spots. And right now they're not making it so you can attack spots. You just let your, your tight end go crazy or you just he has a big game. You take that every single time because you know you're eliminating these big plays. And this was a game that I'm sure that the idea was we're going to run the ball like crazy. And then they don't allow you to do that. The defense is for real. For real. Um, real quick, let's, uh, let's go to helmet stickers right now. Um, do, do, do some positives. Build off of this uh, DraftKings pick of the game. Um, and with these helmet stickers, you know, the way it works is uh, Dev and I each pick uh, three guys probably right around there. Basically until we run out of guys we want to shout out who really stood out for us this week uh, for Colorado. Um, you mentioned Nate Landman. See your first helmet sticker? He has to be, and yep. he's probably going to get one every single game. Exactly. This, this is a next-level um, type of defender that really, like, he determines how good of a defense that you actually have. You take him out of this game, this is for sure a blowout. Mm -hmm. it, it, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to balloon. Um, but for him to actually come into the game, have 10 tackles, all of them solo, like, this is a guy that's doing it all by himself. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That, you, that, that, does, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But with a, with a player like that and two breakups, he showed that not only does he tackle, but he can cover. He can he step back so and do other coverage. things, and that's coming off of an injury. He looks so good in He's coverage. He's good. He's amazing. And, and, you know, I talked about it on the podcast all week. What I would do, you go man, you leave a safety deep, you have Nate Landman spy the quarterback. If quarterback gets out of the pocket, he matches. If not, he's just playing those passing lanes in the middle of the field. There were some third downs where they did exactly that. You're going to see a lot of that this season because Nate was he was all over. I mean in the running game, but also in those passing lanes. He was reading the quarterback's eyes. That is a smart football player on top of all the talents that he has. What a game for Nate Landman. And I mean again, like we said, he could just as easily be the DraftKings king of the game. Uh, next up, you know, I mentioned Makai Blackman. I'm giving him a game ball. There's one play in particular that really stands out. Um, it was the uh, there was a deep ball down like the the far sideline where the AM fans were. And it was a great pass. It, it was dropping right in the receiver's hands, just a little bit underthrown, which is what you want to do. Give the receiver a chance to stop, get up, catch the ball, and uh, potentially draw a pass interference. And Makai was right there. He played it perfectly. He has also turned into just one of the best defensive backs in this league. And... That is just so exciting to have two of those guys. Yep. It's no shocker that our um, stickers are going to go to the defense. Yeah. That just shows <laughs> to sure. the type of game that they have. For sure. The next sticker that I'm going to give out is going to be junior defensive back Isaiah Lewis. I have to give it to him just because mm -hmm. the idea is that these defensive backs are like they're just there for coverage. Today they show that it's not only the coverage that they're doing. They're stepping up and they're making tackles. They, they did not allow any, like, the quarterback to get loose. Um, they, didn't, they didn't allow anybody to get, like, going offensively uh, with, with route making or anything like that. But also they step in and make tackles. He has six solo tackles in this game. You put him on an like, on, on island and he's, he comes up with the play. When yep. you make a play on a corner uh, by yourself, it's, it's off to the end zone. But he, he eliminates that idea. I got to give him a sticker. I'm going to throw Guy Thomas in there. He was, he, he was in the position battle for the other outside linebacker job across from Carson Wells. Uh, he wound up winning that with, I think on the depth chart, chart it still says Josh Gustav or Jamar Montgomery. And today we saw why. I mean, he, he didn't get to the quarterback all that much, but he was setting the edge. He made a couple of physical tackles and just was a presence on the edge of the defense, which is what you need to have when you're going up against a team like Texas A&M that has Isaiah Spiller, who can get to the edge as fast as anybody in cut up field. Those two little speed backs they throw back there. It was a, it was a really impressive performance, I thought, from him. And uh, I'm excited to see what, what he does going forward. Anybody else you want to get to? I'll throw, I'll throw Brady Russell out there. 
I'll throw Brady Russell out there. He had a couple of really nice blocks. Uh, three, three catches, 20 yards. Nothing all that special, but it was something for sure in a passing game where not much was happening. We saw him as a check down option. And again, just blowing some guys up in the running game, and that's what he's best at. What I liked about Brady Russell is he, he owned uh, the pressure for the defense, and he, and he was the one that spoke after the game. Yep. I mean, he said that we let the defensive down. He was clear. That, that's clear. You yep. did not sugarcoat it. He did not make excuses like for them. He understood what the defense did today and like how mm -hmm. spectacular that was. And he said, we have to get better. The offense has to be, get better. And that was without throwing guys out there because he could have easily like said some guys didn't make these plays or um, our game plan or anything like that. But he stuck to like what he knew as a leader. He said, I have to be better. It probably was me that made some you know mistakes out yep. there, which is not true. But that's what you <laughs> that's do. That's what you do as a leader. I, right? You can even see him realize, like, I did it. Like, yeah. like he's just gonna say that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I like that. You do have to give a sticker to somebody like that. You do. You do. Um. Uh, I want to give one to Brendan Lewis. You just can't. He yeah. he he looked a lot better in this game. He's he. He took some steps, but 13 of 25 for 89 yards and an interception. Like he did so much better than those uh than those uh stats would indicate, but just not quite into helmet sticker territory yet. One more step. I'm not going to give him stickers, but I will give him credit. He looked like a completely different quarterback from a week ago. Yep. And this is a young quarterback that's trying to find his way and trying to figure out what he is as a player. Yep. Um the offense struggled today. But that is like not to like just go against him because I really do think, although the numbers don't show it, he looked better than he did uh, against UNC, and that was a win for them. Yep. He's starting to get more confident in, in himself. He's starting to you know start to make better decisions with it, like with his like his legs. But he's also starting to throw the ball a little bit better, um, and I think that that's just going to get better um, as time goes. So yep. while I'm not going to give him a sticker. I'm still going to say, like, he deserves like some to, credit. Yeah, I like to see, like, that, especially, like, having an explosive quarterback that can keep plays alive with his legs. That's going to go a long way. And it's also, it's really hard to, like, key in on a guy that can hurt you in multiple ways. So he's getting better. And you have to expect, even if he doesn't progress from week two to week three, which would surprise me. The stats will look a lot better if he plays like he did today when he's going up against Minnesota instead of the number five team in the country. <laughs> uh, I saw a question come up uh, from Wyoming Poke saying, uh, what's Landman's NFL comp? Blake Martinez? That's the one I always throw out there. I, that's kind of like a ceiling. If everything goes well for Nate, he becomes that guy who racks up 110, 120 tackles. He's a liability in coverage, but... He, he, he does enough in the running game that he is a valuable piece. I think that that's a good uh, comp for him because while he's not like a complete standout, he's also not a guy that you pick on. He's not a guy that you, mm -hmm. that you think is going to you know, mess up anything, but he's also going to be around. He's going to be involved, and he's going to be a guy that you could build around. So that, that's a great piece for him. He is a next-level type of player. He honestly is. For so sure. that, like having an NFL comp like that, is, that's perfect. Yep. Uh any interest in giving Jared Broussard a helmet sticker? Not, I can't. It's so close. It's so close. Yeah, not not for me. Um, not today, especially. Um, I just want them to just commit to giving him the ball a lot more. Like I feel like he's a, a running back that should get twenty carries, and that should be okay. Like that should he eats in those in those twenty carries. You know, he comes into this game twelve carries for fifty one yards. Um, 4.3 yards a carry. If he gets that 20, you know, 20 times, eight more times, and he just keeps on like picking up more yards, that that's something that could get you over that edge. But there was a there was a moment in the game where he was not able to play. Um, I'm guessing he was injured or just you know shaken up a little bit. But mm -hmm. he has to get going and being a little bit more consistent with the runs. I agree. Um, another comment right here from Living Regal. What a start for Lewis. First start at a pretty packed Folsom, then against a top five team in an NFL stadium. He should be good after this, LOL. Yeah, I, I agree. This is a start. And I think it's worth noting that the Buffs haven't turned the ball over. And I'm trying to find this stat right now because I was looking through these notes before the game. Uh, da, 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 I'm so close. Let's see. 
Uh, I'll find it at some point. It's something like I don't think Colorado's ever started a game or a season with two games without turnovers, yeah. two and a half. But games. while he looks for that, like just going back to to Brandon Lewis, that's that's a place that you can be rattled. Uh, stepping into an NFL stadium um, against the number five team in the country, like that, there's a lot riding on that, and there's a lot riding on you. We already know that the offense has not been getting going, especially with him in the first game against UNC. You you run the ball a whole bunch. Um, and then that's also with you yourself. But as a quarterback, like you try to find that confidence. You're like, I'm still a quarterback. I can I can throw the ball and also I can run the ball. Then you have a really good bunch of running backs in the first game. You have five guys get loose and it looks really well. Then you come into um, a very good defense and you're trying to figure it out. Um, you get going early on. You take a big hit and now you have to make some decisions. Um, so that, like that, that's tough going on. But like you said, that is something to be positive about. For sure. There's a guy that's progressing. Um, each game, he continues to get better. It's only the second game of the year. Think about how good he's going to be in the fifth game of the year. Think about how good he's going to be in the sixth game of the year. So that's something that you look forward to. Yeah. Think about how good he's going to be in the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, I can't find this, but one more reason to listen to the DMVR Buffs podcast this week. I'll have it there. Um, another uh, from Francois Simmons. On top of having to make an emergency sub in a bowl game, learning on the job for Lewis for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's good for him. I think it is good for him. There was a chance it wasn't going to be good for him, but we've seen that <laughs> it has been good for him. Um, we uh, we don't have another ad that we need to hit, so let's just jump into to the end of this show here. Um, we're just going to tweak this game plan. We're going to look at what the Buffs did today and see what they could have done differently. Um, and let's start with this offense. It's stalled out. What needs to go differently? Is it with the play calling, with any of it, with the personnel? What do you change? So me being like a, a mediocre Madden player. Oh, um, okay. I'm the guy that's going to keep running the same play until it gets stopped. Uh-huh. And then once it gets stopped, I'm going to try it again <laughs> just to see if you truly did stop it. Just, I, yeah. I feel like that's like the type of game plan that you have to have. Brandon Lewis was getting loose. He was getting going early on, and he had options. He had decisions that mm -hmm. he was able to make, and that's when he seems to be like free. That's when he seems to be himself. So just making sure that I put him in packages that he really enjoys and he really likes where he can make a decision. Either he's throwing it or he's moving on the run where he can make a decision yep. to throw it or run. Um I know that they made some adjustments to try to slow him down, but still, let's try to get him going in different ways then, but still let it go through him. Also, no, that's just one. I'll let you go. Okay. That, that's the one. That's that the one that is me. the big one for me. <laughs> I, I, I do think, like, we want Brendan to be a quarterback who you, you put all the receivers out there, you have them run their routes. You let Brendan pick them apart from the pocket. And at times, I thought that worked well. I thought there were times when they went five wide and they had some success. Um, but to me, you're totally right on with the number one thing being just just get him out of the pocket intentionally and build plays that are meant for him to be out of the pocket. You know, how how about some just some bootlegs? You, you fake the stretch run to the left. Curl around to the right. Let the receivers come across the field. It's an easy read. You're letting your talented playmakers try to separate. And if they're able to do it, then there's something open. And if not, you've made it a lot easier for Brendan to do something with his legs. So I do think that that's the big one. I, I The other one is, I like the five wide looks. I'm not going to lie. And I think that maybe Colorado got a little bit too conservative. And, and I'm going to have to go through and rewatch this game. Because sometimes like it feels like... They're just running the ball and running the ball and running the ball yeah. uh, and coming out with these multiple tight end packages. And then you go back and watch, and it's like, okay, they were trying some things, but it really, really did feel like they just buckled down and said, we're going to try to run the football, and if it doesn't work, we're going to go three and out and punt. And there were a lot of those drives, and I think that you just have to take some more shots downfield. Um, you just have to. Yeah, yeah. If I had to tweak this offense just a little bit more, mm -hmm. I mean, we've already, I've already talked about it, getting Broussard going a little bit more. But also you have Alex Fontenot that also can run the ball, and we've seen him um, be successful running the ball. So 
if I have to feed those guys a little bit more um, when I'm not letting um, Lewis get going, mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to be okay with taking four yards of carry, three yards of carry, because yeah. that means that the change is still moving. That still means that I'm getting going and, and going, and it's difficult to get some type of rhythm going when you, you don't know how many yards, I mean, how many times you're going to carry the ball. Um, so maybe it's not against Texas A&M, but moving forward against these other teams, I'm going to try to like find success running the ball a lot more um, with my uh, two, like, two running backs. Uh, I'm not going to try to stretch it where I have five or six guys running the ball. I want the two guys to know we're going through you. We're going to get ourselves going, and it's going to be on your backs. I agree. Um, what if I told you that Jarek Broussard did not run the football in the second half of that game? In a, in a game that ended 10 to seven, it's tough. And, and he was absolutely banged up after he took that hit. He, 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 he was limping off the field and, and we didn't see him for a couple possessions. And to start that second half, he wasn't out there. I don't think at all for the first two possessions. And that was where Alex Fontenot got some run. I don't care if Jarek's hurt. Feed him the ball. <laughs> like, like you got to do it. Like, they, they did throw him the ball a couple of times, but you, you just, I mean, that is that is your best football player on that side of the ball and, and potentially on the entire team. And a couple of the runs that he had in the first half were so close to, to being so much longer. And there were also a couple of runs where, like, Alex Fontenot played well. And I, I'm excited for Alex Fontenot to be the number two back. If, if it winds up being Ashad, who's the number two back, I'm excited about that too. They are just fine in that position. Jarek just provides another level. Yeah. Jarek, the, the ability to just stress the edge of the defense, like his ability to cut back and see those cutback lanes, that's what makes him so special. Those all appear because they have to overcommit. The defense has to overcommit to the edge of the defense. Otherwise, he's just going to burn them around the edge. And to not have that presence, it changes some things and in a, in a very, very bad way. Defensively, defensively, I might not have brought so much pressure. I, I, I think that whenever they were rushing, bad things were happening. I think that some of what we saw where, like I said, the, 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 the play that I wanted all week was a cover one with Nate in the middle, spying the quarterback, playing the passing lanes, whatever. And I think that that would solve all your problems. Sure, you're asking a lot of your corners to take these guys one-on-one. -on -one. They were able to do it. And I think that when you look at a lot of the, the plays that were kind of impactful in this game... There were some quarterback runs in there that were a very big piece of that. One third down in particular, um, I think it was a third and 12 or something, and Calzada dodged one sack. There's so much pressure. Somehow just a running lane opens the middle of the field. Somehow there's no defender in the middle of the field, like downfield either, and he's able to run to pick it up, and you're just like, they don't deserve a first down here. They don't deserve a first down here. And if you take away one of those rushers and just have him spy the quarterback, you're in a much better place. I was actually shocked to see uh, Zach Calzada get loose the way that he did because he was yeah. so slow. He was yeah. so slow, but it seemed like he always ran for an extra first down yep. or kept plays alive with his legs, and I don't know how that went. So I think I would be a little bit different with you. I would actually try to be more creative on huh. how I'm trying to get blitzes going because okay. – he seemed to just throw it away or just put him he in did. spots. There was a lot of drops, um, interceptions where he he gives it to a defensive like or a linebacker. They tip it up, but there's just I nobody know. around. There were like um, two in like a four play span right there. But the there. thing was, he kept throwing him. He wasn't throwing <laughs> it away. He kept throwing yep. it and trying to put it in those spots. So putting pressure on him and making him keep throwing those. Because there's going to be guys, like, eventually that's going to pick that off, and then yep. that changes the outcome of the game. If one of those uh, go the other way with an interception, that could have changed it because Absolutely. they were soft. They're, they're pushed up for a while. A guy just takes off. He has momentum going. He's going to go score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. But we just didn't see it today. But I think moving forward, if you have your defense playing that well where they're bottling the run and you have your defensive backs covering them the, the way that they are, if you have some blitzers, you have you have people behind them, and they know they're not going to give up a big play. So, take some chances. Yep, yep, I agree. And and the fact that Colorado never started a drive, I don't think in, in like plus field position, yeah. 
that's surprising to me because there were quite a few balls that went up in the air, bad passes. I mean, there was Guy Thomas got to uh, got to Calzada once, and it looked like he could have just reached up and knocked the ball out of his hand. You know, Dimitri Stanley, he didn't get many opportunities to return a punt just because the coverage was so good. And AM punted a lot. And you think out of the, the punt return opportunities, out of the potential turnovers, the fact that they didn't get that one drive that started with good field position is just a killer. Because, I mean, the offense wasn't doing all that much. Yeah. And it sucks, but you just needed that little bit of boost, and it just never came. It's tough. It, it is tough. It's just tough. Um, just because you won it so bad, and that those one plays can change the whole outcome of the game. Um, so it's tough. <laughs> it is. And uh, I think that's all I've got for today. Uh, any more questions out here before we get out of here? We are good to go. Well, uh, it's kind of tough to, to put the emotions into words because it was a loss, and it was a crushing loss. It was a heartbreaking loss. But Colorado did 14 points better than what the sportsbook said they'd do, and they led most of the way. It's the number five team in the country. And again... I don't want to say the game doesn't matter because it absolutely does matter. This would have been a win that people talk about for forever. It would have helped with recruiting and all that sort of stuff. It would have got him into the rankings. At the same time, though, it's all about the uh, it's all about the Pac-12. And I come away with this saying, what, you start with Arizona State? I think they win that. You get USC the next week? They've never beaten USC. I'm not sure I can pick a win, but they're they're making it really hard not to after seeing that performance today. Everything about that loss was promising. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because just looking forward, this is a game that you look to the future. You say, I don't know about this you know, Colorado team. They look okay against UNC, but they're supposed to look like that. Let's see how they are when they're tested. Let's yep. see how it looks when they're not favored. Let's see how this, this team bounces back and, and actually adjust and try to like win a game against a very good team. And you go into this game and you say, yeah, this is a team that's right there. This is a team um, that has what it takes to really compete in this Pac-12. This is a team that can win it. You didn't think about that, you know, heading into the mm -hmm. season. You didn't think about that a, a week ago. And that's coming off of a blowout win. But now you look at this game a after a loss and you say, this team has what it takes and they're right there. Let's go after Minnesota. Let's yeah. try to get a win against them to get some uh, momentum going into Pac-12 play. And then from there, I feel like we have, you know, we have a good uh, chance. Yep. That's what the fans should be thinking. That's what everyone has to be looking forward into it. They're getting better. And Mustafa Johnson is back in a few weeks. <sighs> Beautiful. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. That's going to do it for today. I'll be back on the DMVR Buffs podcast on Monday. Definitely check that out. I'm going to spend tomorrow rewatching the game. You know, report back on Monday. So we're going to be really digging into what went well why the offense faltered, all that kind of stuff. So tune in, and uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up on YouTube on your way out.